Hey, this is your host, Paul Edsbitter Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. To the Educated Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Esbitter Jr., and my co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm I'm excited, man. I think this week we got a we got ourselves a, a legendary person on the on the show, man. I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, we we got to be on his show first, gave us some shine. Now we get to return the favor and have him on the show. I mean, I I, I mean, shoot. Oh. The man, the myth, the legend himself, so much, so much wealth of experience, so much wealth of knowledge, especially in the digital, social, and consulting world. We got Mr. Mike Street on the show, man. Yeah, if you uh, followed us on Facebook, uh, we posted a link, and, and we've posted on Twitter as well. Uh, we were f- we were featured on the Smart Brown Voices podcast uh, a couple weeks back, in, towards the end of February, beginning of March. Um, if you want to go check that episode out, I think it's episode 78. On and it's at www.smartbrownvoices.com, and yeah, we definitely want to return the love. And I, the the one thing I really like is when we have podcasters come on on the show. They already know, you know, the the deal how to how to conduct an interview, giving us them good sound bites. So you guys are in for for a real treat. Yeah, and uh, definitely, definitely you are because like Makoa said, Mike Mike's a podcast guy, so he already knows. He knows how it goes. I mean. There's some people you get on and, you know, it's, it's a good interview, but then podcasters, they, they get it. They understand, yo, let's get the most that we can get in. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a hard switch to turn off because you never know you have it until it's put in action. You know, I, I've had the pleasure of being on other podcasts and I'm always like ready to go, amped up, fire and all this. And if you have other people on the podcast, I'll be like, hey, man, hey, hey, calm it down. Break it, break it down. It's like, I'm sorry, you know, this is. This is what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's nice to have someone like Mike come on. And the thing about him is, like, you know, he showcases all these great individuals on Smart Brothers, but he himself is a is a phenomenal individual. You know, he talks about working with Gary Vee uh, for a year or so. And, I mean, I never knew he, he, he was in the, he's ever been in the same room as Gary Vee, so that was interesting to hear him talk about it. And he tells you about his time back with BET and what he learned from them and all the different tips and tricks he's kind of learned throughout the year and he kind of breaks into what uh how people respond to content and what they look forward to especially when it comes to video and pictures and he really gave us like a real like behind the scenes you know in-depth journey into his career and it was crazy because i think we, we came in just you know want to hear about him in the podcast but he really kind of just said hey i'm gonna give you guys a, a big old slice of life real quick yeah, definitely, and um, I'm looking forward to see what he plans on doing with the the video aspect of his podcast. Uh, I know we're trying to dabble into video and figuring out different things, but it's definitely not easy when we're in two different places. But you know, one of these days we'll we'll get it down packed and and break into another medium because um, a lot of people are into video. I I know every time I'm scrolling through Facebook or Twitter, like a video pops up, and it's mm-hmm. like, man. You know, no one's into you know just audio or or just pictures anymore. You gotta you gotta be uh, multimedia. You gotta know all the different tricks and tips and um, learn how to Photoshop and 
make memes and all this different stuff to create content. So uh, Mike's going to give you a little little piece of that. Yeah, and I mean, if you are aspiring digital, social, you know, consultant or entrepreneur or just, you know, uh, connoisseur of content, this one you're going to want to do with your notebook out, your pen ready because he drops a lot, a lot, a lot of gems, some fire, some heat. And he's just, he's just, he was just a joy to have. I mean, it's it's great having someone like him on board because we really get to showcase what makes not only the podcast platform so incredible, but him as a digital social marketing consultant person, what makes him so incredible. And he really does his best to kind of give you the in-depth exclusive right there in your nose. But you know what? Me and my co-hosts aren't going to take up too much more of your time. Without further ado, please, please, please put your hands together, put your ears on top and listen to the lovely great mike street all right folks and today's guest we have mr mike street founder of smart brown voices and also a digital strategist at burrell communications mike how's it going today it's going good how are you guys thanks for having me on your podcast because you were just on my podcast (laughs) exactly we had to return the favor show some podcasting love uh, we definitely wanted to jump right into it. And, um, you know, why don't you just introduce our listeners to who you are uh, and how you got started with the uh, Smart Brown Voices podcast? Awesome. Well, as you heard before, I'm Mr. Mike Street. Uh, I'm old. I, am, I turn uh, 42 <laughs> uh, sometime this year. And I've been in the digital space uh, for a while now. Uh, and, and I started Smartbound Voices because, you know, I, I travel all across the country and I meet these amazing people uh, who are doing amazing things like building startups or art or, you know, anything that's really kind of cool. Um, but they're not getting the same level of exposure that we might see from our white counterparts. So I wanted to create a platform where we could kind of highlight and showcase uh, you know, a lot of these startup founders and creatives who are doing like amazing work out there and really kind of give them a voice um, and, you know, and drive, you know, some awareness to their business. You know, so we've had people like uh, R&B star Jidra Moses. Uh, we've had a bunch of startup founders, um, you know, so uh, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, walks of life in between are, are on their show. And so, um you know, we just kind of celebrated our two-year anniversary of the show, and we're kind of looking forward to keep pushing forward. Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, th- there's definitely a lot of similarities in why you started your show to why we started ours. But, you know, the cool thing about you is, like I said, you, you just cele- you're just you almost about to just celebrate your two-year anniversary, and you currently have over 75 episodes. Now, I know for us, you know, there's a lot of early struggles. I'm sure you had struggles as well. Could you kind of tell us what your early struggles were and how did you overcome them? God, the struggle is, (laughs) you know, I could write a book or maybe I'll write a book one day. Just call it Podcast Struggles. I mean, um, so, I mean, to start with, you know, like I have no radio background. The, The reason I started the podcast also is like, you know, everyone tells me like, Oh, you sound like Barry White. Or, uh, you know, it was this uh, a woman who used to live in my building, uh, and her name, is, uh, her name was Chocolate, but she uh, passed away a couple of years ago. And so every time she would see me, uh, you know, she would say, you know, Barry White, Barry White, Barry White. And so, um, you know, everybody was telling me that, you know, you have a cool voice, you know, you should do something with it. And then, um, 
And so I actually met Donnie Simpson, uh, like, uh, when we had lunch, like, uh, maybe like a year ago. And he was also saying, like, you know, I have a good voice. So I was like, well, I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> so I'm trying to take it somewhere uh, with it. So, um, you know, the, a lot of struggles is just really having the confidence to even do the podcast. Because even when I listen to my voice on tape, you know, I hate it. And I cringe. And I was like, oh, God, I sound terrible. But, you know, so I had to kind of get over that fear of talking and and getting on the podcast and you know and then after that it kind of just fell into place and you know after having done 75 episodes you know I've kind of figured out my voice and who I am uh, you know from an audio perspective and what I want to do and then you know then all came the technical stuff you know like my mic was fucked up or sometimes the audio was crackly because I didn't have a microphone when I started the show you know, I was recording the podcast on, um, like, one of those telephone, you know, something like an Uber conference or something like that that was mm-hmm. free. So sometimes it would sound good. Sometimes, you know, it would just sound shitty. So um, it's just all kind of struggles. But, you know, I learned, you know, I actually paid for one of those, like, podcasting courses. I reached out to a bunch of uh, people who are doing podcasts and got them to help me uh, figure out, like, what kind of mic do I need, what software. And, uh, you know, I don't edit the show because I just don't have time to do that. <laughs> so I, I went and found someone who could actually edit and make it sound good. And, and you know, so it's all those things. You know, like, it's it does cost money to put the podcast together. Um, you know, you have your hosting and your web hosting and all of those little kind of other expenses. Um, but I would say, you know, it's been rewarding for me because I've been able to give back to the community um, I've you know also been able to make money uh, from the show in terms of uh, you know doing consulting work from people who listen. And that, yeah, that's great. I was gonna say, um, you know, you, you talked about a little bit of the earlier struggles, but what do you think that you can pinpoint about uh, the most positive things that have come out from the podcast? Like, what's some some turning points where you knew smart brown voices is gonna be a thing that like people actually. Um, uh, like actually like and uh, want you to keep doing. Well, I, I knew it was gonna. I knew it'd be a thing because I went to South by Southwest in 2016, and I did, I got a lot of positive feedback. Like uh, people were stopping me in the street, and they were like, "Oh, I started. I listened to your podcast. It's really cool." And so it's kind of you know it's kind of just been building from there. You know, it's it's a slow burn, and you know, I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> but it's yeah, been yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and I have, you know, I do have plans and a vision for like where I, I want to go with the show. But I think, you know, the most part is just hearing and really being able to talk to other people. And also, I kind of use the show as, you know, kind of my own particular research because, you know, if I want to know something, you know, I was just like, well, I want to know, like, how do I build an app? So, like, let me find app developers and have them on as guests and so I can just pick their brain and then make it into a show. And so uh, I kind of do it, use it as, uh, for me, kind of like market research. Or if I have, like, some an idea that's kind of bubbling in my head, you know, I'm going to go out there and find people who are actually doing that and then get them on the show so I can kind of pick their brain. And then, you know, it becomes a, a useful piece of uh, 
of education for you know my listening audience so um you know and so shout out to all those smart brown voices listeners out there we've had since i started the show we've had almost forty thousand downloads so i think that's you know for me, you know, again, it's, I'm not John Lee Doomer or all those other people. I will take my 40,000 downloads and, and be happy with that. <laughs> that sounds like money, Mike. Why would you not be happy with that? That's incredible. And, you know, over your over your episode history, like I said, you, you've done over 75 episodes. You've had the chance to interview, like, very successful, prominent members of the Black community. In your opinion, what is a common trait that it seems like all the great people you've interviewed have in common that has led them to success. I feel that the number one trait is that these people um, are willing to invest in, in their talent. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't do. Like if you, if you have a vision and there's something that you really want to do, like why wouldn't you, you know, pretty much spend, you know, as much time or as much money as you want to invest in that particular talent. And that's what I've learned that a lot of the people who are who have been on my show, like they they are really focused on the thing that they do the best or that they're the most passionate about. And they actually spend time and in, in, invest in that thing. You know, so if you are a writer or a coder, you know, you should be spending as you know, your ten thousand hours plus more investing in that that particular talent and doing that thing and getting it into practice. Um, you know, I had a, a guy who, uh, you know, who was an app developer on our show and, and he created a, 125 apps and put them in the app store and then he flipped the whole business and was able to sell it. Um, but you know, he, all he does is focus on, you know, op- app optimization and, and doing that and making sure that he can get the most downloads as possible. So I feel like if you are really, if you really believe in what you're doing, you will focus all of your attention into the into that thing and i think that's what i do well uh is helping people do that you know because i'll tell my clients it's like you know you know you guys are doing x y and z but a lot of it's just not in converting like you guys need to kind of strip it down and and get down to the one number one thing that's really bringing in the money um you know for your business like i've had clients who when i started looking at their books and their excel spreadsheets you know there was one client who was wasting over $300,000 on uh, some advertising campaigns that were just run, that they just left on and it was wasting tons of money. And, um, you know, so it's about being able to optimize and being able to really kind of focus and, and investing in yourself. Mike out here giving you the cheat sheet. That was beautiful. I've definitely had to take some notes down during that. Man, I like that not- cash register. I feel like I'm at um, the quickie mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're dropping gems so quick mike you're dropping them so quick i would that that uh that company could have you know dropped me some uh some of that cash that they were wasting on advertising man i would have still be in yeah. jamaica if, if if someone gave me all that <laughs> <laughs> i get you um and also you know i know you do a uh, digital strategy and i wanted you to know i wanted you to give uh some tips to our listeners you know the online space is so uh, congested. Um, you know, how have you been able to navigate through the congestion and become more visible? You know, I think, you know, so I, you know, I've had many lives in this online space and I've seen businesses come and go. And it, it really all goes back, back to the core of, you know, you have to be a good marketer and 
be able to sell the shit out of whatever it is that you're selling. You know, so I used to work for Gary Vaynerchuk. I worked for him for a year. And, you know, again, like I'm always very strategic about the people that I work with and align with. I I had never heard of Gary, but when I started watching his stuff and I was like, oh, okay, this guy figured out how to make these widgets um, and sell it differently. Because he's like, you know, he's the loudest person at the top of the, the the kind of digital marketing tower at this point. You know, he puts out, I don't know, at least 20 pieces of content a day. If you, you know, you can't go anywhere without hearing somebody give him a shout out or watching, seeing one of his videos or seeing his face. But, you know, people associate him with exactly what VaynerMedia does, which is, is at the core is community management and marketing. They sell products, you know, through social media, you know, and that is the, his selling point. Like, he's the loudest person at the top of the totem pole. There's no one else that you could say talks more than Gary Vaynerchuk. You have to be different in this space so that you can stand out. Everyone has a, a gimmick and a gig, and, you know, you have to find out what is your, you know, what is your voice in this space? Like, for me, my voice is kind of being that, that you know, the friendliest Negro in town. You know, I am uh, I help anybody with anything that they want to do in the tech space. You know, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies reach out to me on a daily basis and say, hey, Mike, we're struggling with our diversity and inclusion initiatives. Can you come sit with us? And uh, I had a company reach out to me today because they want to, you know, have lunch and talk about... Um, you know, how do they get more uh, diversity and inclusion uh, recruiters uh, or recruitment into their business? Um, you know, so you have to have an angle, you have to have a hook, um, and you have to have a, a voice that's different from the next person, you know, that's out there. You know, Gary cusses a lot, and that's like his thing, but it's like, you know, it's like him, it's a beat. You know, I, I, I look at all this space now, it's, it's like theater. And, you know, everybody has got a different program or a different TV show. And, uh, and you know, so you have to have a, a good TV show. You have to have good ratings. You have to have an audience. And that's how you have, you really kind of set yourself apart in this space. It's not, you know, because everybody's selling like the same shit. You know, we're selling community management or content development. You know, so all the shops are pretty much, you know, selling the same thing. You know, it's really about, like, how do you put a different spin on it, a different twist, or sell it kind of differently. And and it's, um, and if you can do that well, then you'll have a successful business. You'll be able to bring in good clients. And, you know, I've been really fortunate that, you know, I don't even advertise for what I do. I've just built up that cachet in this space. Wow, and it's an amazing cachet you do have built up. I mean, if you look in your your LinkedIn bio, I mean, the comments you work for have been, you know, incredible. BET is one that particularly stood out to me. I know you had some experience with them. Could you tell us what your experience was like working with BET and what was the most viable insight you actually gained from working with them? Oh, Lord Jesus. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. a loaded question. He's got stories. He's right? got stories. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so wait, so, you know, someone has tried to, someone has been trying to publish a book about BET for many, many years, but BET's lawyers block it, so it'll never probably ever see the light of day, 
But yes, there are many stories that I could tell you <laughs> about BET. What I learned uh, with my time at BET was that, you know, not everybody is ready for digital. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I, when I was pretty much like really progressing in my career and BET was kind of still in the same place with, you know, what they're kind of doing. Um, you know, and that was, you know, I left BET like in 2006 and that was still very much the early web and the early social media. I think YouTube had really kind of just came out and Facebook was just starting to get popular. And, you know, we were still doing stuff on MySpace and all, you know, our, our, our chats really consisted of me on the telephone with an artist typing into a, a, a chat room that was on our website. Um, you know, but I learned a lot about like what fascinates people about the web. You know, people love pictures. Um, you know, that's why Instagram is so popular because people just love to scroll through um, pictures and look at what everyone else is doing or look at everyone else's fabulous or so-called fabulous life. And so BET, when I was there, we used to have this section of the site called BET Shine. And that was our photo, uh, you know, and that area of the site actually got more traffic than the actual .com itself. And it was pretty much just, it was really like a black version of Hot or Not, you know, so you could go there, scroll through pictures, and you could say if you like the picture and give it kind of a scale ranking. I mean, but that section of the site would get um, like 10 million views a month. You know, some of the videos that I were publishing to uh, BET.com you know, they would have two and three million views on them. And I was like, guys, look at all this engagement that was happening on our site. But, like, no one really knew, like, how do we monetize this? What do we do with it? And uh, one of the things I was trying to do was really get us to kind of create, like, a, a deeper digital engagement division where we really kind of, like, hammer this home and focus in on that and, and do programming that's, you know, digital. I mean, but again, in 2006, a lot of what I was proposing was, you know, very much what a lot of companies are just starting to do right now. Um, you know, so that was, you know, a learning point for me was that, you know, a lot of things were, um, you know, still in development and people are still trying to figure this out. And, and even when I talk to clients today, uh, a lot of them are still trying to figure out, like, what do we, you know, what is Twitter and what is YouTube and what does it mean? And, and like right now, I'm really pushing everybody to have a video strategy because that's where, you know, everything is going in that direction. And, um, you know, it's really uh, going to be mission critical if you're a big brand to like really have a, a video kind of a focus, uh, you know, for pretty much for 2017 and beyond. And, and that's interesting. I mean, what do you think is the, the biggest reason why people, you know, shifted from, from photos to, to videos? I think, you know, a lot of it just has to do with storytelling. You know, a, you know, a picture, you know, like they say, a picture is a thousand, you know, a thousand words. But, you know, video is much more than that. You know, video is emotion. Um, you know, you can really kind of tell a lot of good stories with you know, videos. And uh, I mean, look at some of the platforms that were really popular, like Vine. Uh, you know, Vine was hilarious in just six seconds. And, you know, how do you tell a funny story or, or tell a, or make someone laugh in six seconds? Like, you know, people thought it was crazy, 
But, you know, it came, you know, it became a really big uh, social comedy platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would spend hours just watching those Vine video compilations on YouTube because, you know, they were hilarious. Uh, you know, so it's really about, you know, just being strategic and, and telling a good story. And I think like that's, you know, that's going to be the secret sauce and the bread and butter, you know, for brands, um, you know, moving forward. Like uh, going back to Gary Vaynerchuk, like he has a full time videographer who follows him around wherever he goes. And so his videographer is always capturing video content to, you know, edit and publish back to, you know, Gary's social channels. And again, those, all of those videos are, you know, they're kind of like mini commercials for, you know, Gary's speaking business or any of the other things that he's doing because it's kind of a gateway for brands to, uh, you know, get to know him and then hire the company for uh, other things. And that's what everyone has to start to think about, you know, so if you're a small business owner out there, like, you know, what is your story? You know, what is your talking points and how do you convey that in video? And you, you're going to have to start in 2017 because it's, you know, it's changing a lot. Mm-hmm. And and that's crazy. Cause you know, going off your, your, your time at BET where you saw how much the photos and the videos is getting so much traffic. Do, do, do you in a way kind of feel like what the, the rise of Snapchat and Instagram is like, you, you kind of like foresaw that. And do you ever feel like, man, I wish I had a way to capitalize on that back then when everyone was sleeping on all this. Um, I mean, to some capacity, I, yeah, I wish, you know, I mean, there were, there was tons of like learnings that we can apply, but, I feel like, you know, the web is still wide open and, you know, there's always room for new things to come into fruition. Um, There's always opportunities for, you know, pretty much anything to find an audience. Um, You know, so it's really about providing value to your your core consumers. I feel like, you know, Snapchat really captured a youth market that was into, uh, you know, looking at different moments in life. You know, Snapchat moves at a very fast pace uh you know it's very much about uh you know quick you know, capturing quick moments and publishing those to uh you know to uh the social channels and that's what the youth market is really kind of into and looking for i was even looking at some of the numbers of snapchat versus uh instagram stories and they were saying you know even though instagram stories exist you know the youth market is still very much into snapchat uh, you know, uh, Instagram is only able to capture maybe about 3% of the youth market attention. But, uh, you know, Snapchat is still reigning supreme when it comes to, you know, that the type of utility, uh, you know, that they use. And, and you have to start... And Snapchat wants you to think about them differently, too. They want you to think about them as a, um, as a hardware company versus as a software. You know, so that's why they came up with... Um, you know, the, uh, the Snapchat, uh, glasses project and everything else. All right. And so I was going to get, I was going to say that, uh, you're, you know, I know another one of your, your skills is probably networking. I know you probably have uh, a handful or probably a, a scroll full of, uh, contacts that you can reach out to at any time. Um, I wanted to know, you know, how did you, uh, navigate through the job market to find such great opportunities that you were a part of? Well, you know, it goes back to something I was saying earlier. It's really about providing uh, value to, um, you know, to everybody. 
you know, I when people reach out to me, I try to be as helpful as possible and help them find exactly what they're looking for, or, you know, the connection. And so for me, over time, you know, I've been able to build up, um, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a, a Rolodex of people who, you know, I've helped in the past and, you know, in turn, they'll help me. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of like what I learned through networking. You know, it's a, it's a value exchange. And I feel like, um, you know, you can help someone today, they'll help you in the future. You know, so it's not about you're always kind of like looking for them to give you something like right off the bat. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a shy person. And when I started uh, going out and networking, I was like, uh, this is like, you know, it takes a lot of energy to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to work a room and do all that stuff. So I had to kind of find, you know, I had to figure out like, what's my story? Who am I? You know, so all of those things I had to kind of just learn. And I feel like networking is kind of like a muscle. You have to just go out there and exercise it. You have to go to like, you know, go to stuff that you, you know, where people who are different from you are going to be at and network at that. You know, so I would go to like Harvard Club or just different places where, you know, I'm going to meet like kind of a, a range of different people. And just start networking there. And so uh, over time, you get a little bit more confident and you know your story, you know exactly what you're going to say. You know, you have to rehearse it out. And, you know, having a cocktail or two doesn't hurt as well because you get a little more loose. Get loosened up, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You have fun with it. But, you know, like, you know, now I'm just like, you know, it's all good. You know, I go in a room and I I try to, like, always kind of pinpoint, like, what's my objective for going to you know this meetup or this event like who do i really really want to meet uh and i try to you know really hone in on that one person instead of like trying to meet everybody in the room like i, I always kind of come in with like a pre-game it's like okay i know x y and z person is going to be there because i saw them tweet it that they were going to be there and that's who i want to meet and then i, I kind of like always kind of looking to meet that like one person Cause like for me, I'm always looking like, well, who you know, who's got the check in here, and who can, who can I get some money, <laughs> some money out of? <laughs> um, but I think that's how you think have to think about it too. You know, it's very strategic. Like you know, I'm going to, uh, well, I guess when this when this airs, I will have been back from South by Southwest. But uh, you know, that's kind of like you know, networking on steroids. Like there's tons of people, and you want to meet everybody. And sometimes I'll just go post up and be like, you know, and, and, and just see like who's interesting in, in different locations or I'll tweet out my location or, I mean, there's just tons of different ways like when you're going to that event, but it's kind of like networking on steroids and you just meet like tons and tons of people. But, um, and then also uh, just to follow up on that, like also, you know, the follow-up is important as well, because you'll meet all these people, but then some half the time you don't hear back from anybody. Um, you know, so definitely make sure you have a game plan for following up as well. Like, you know, if it's someone you really want to meet or work with, like, you know, figure out, like, you know, email them, tweet, you know, tweet back at them, and you know, set up a time for you guys to sit down and have more of a one-on-one um, and get to know each other better. Because I feel like that for me is like the follow up has been really well. I've been able to win clients and 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 you know find more money to you know do what I do. And that sounds like a plan right there. I definitely want to ask 
something that uh, I'm sure is near and dear to a lot of people. You are a digital social consultant. I know there's a lot of people who have an interest in one day kind of breaking into that field. Do you have any advice for any aspiring people out there that really want to get into that consulted realm like you are? I would say the number, well, there's, there's two things. One, have a, a really good Rolodex of, of people and then figure out like what is, what problem can you solve better than some of the other consultants out there? Because honestly, there's a lot of consultants out there mm-hmm. in this space, yep. but you know, a lot of them are, you know, they're just, you know, they're not up to snuff. You know, I'm looking for, if I was hiring a consultant, I wanted, I, the ultimate question I would ask is like, you know, how did you change the person's business? You know, were you able to come in and, and reshape and restructure something that was broken and, and make it better? Were you able to increase the revenue? Because I feel like, you know, things like, oh, I got them at that 10,000 Facebook fans or 20,000 Twitter followers. To me, that's just, you know, that's vanity metrics. I want to know, like, did you get them, you know, did you get them hard code cash? Because, you know, if you're in business, you're here to sell something. You're here to make money. And I want to, you know, and I think that's, you know, for me, that's been where I've been able to differentiate myself. Because if you work with me, you know, I will figure out how to make your business more money and i i usually really kind of comb through and analyze everything and and try to optimize everything that we're doing so that you can have a better path to conversion and that's what i want con- you know actual consultants to actually be talking about versus you know i can just get you more twitter followers because that's not to me getting twitter followers is not a real business objective mm. and, um <laughs> is actually be willing, you know, be out there actually doing stuff in social and playing with all of these platforms. Because I meet a lot of people who work in social media and I go on, like, their Twitter channels and they have, like, two followers. They've never made a video. They've never worked on a campaign or a lot of things. And I'm just like, how are you getting consulting work? Because you don't do anything. So I want you to like be out there, you know, playing around with all of the latest technology. You know, uh, you got to learn it. You got to learn the new stuff kind of like inside and out. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest Snapchat fan, but, you know, I do. You know, I am on the platform. I know how it works. I can talk to it. I can talk to my clients intelligently about it. You know, I've I've uh, experimented with the platform. I've used the advertising on the platform. You know, so it's really about, I want you like, if you want to be a good consultant, you need to be out there on these platforms and you need to like know how they work. You know, what's the language of that platform? Because, you know, uh, like Tumblr is very much about GIF culture. You know, you should know how to make an animated GIF. And then how does that really relate back to that person's business? You know, is what can you be doing that's interesting from a content perspective that's going to get someone to convert you know you if you're on facebook you know you should really know the ins and outs of facebook video and also know the ins and outs of the back end uh analytics on facebook because you'll be surprised it's tons of people who have never clicked on the insights button on a facebook page to look at um you know the metrics back there and so you know those are kind of like the two things i, I you know really want to stress for people to uh if you want to be a consultant so make money for your client and then know the platforms. 
Ooh, so I mean, it's just, it's just like Jerry Maguire when it comes to all this, you got to show Mike the money. Well, yeah. Mike, man, you <laughs> you blessed us with a, with a great episode. You definitely tore it down. I, I mean, I kind of want to have to hit you with the educate us with two pieces, just the final two questions. First one, always easy. How can the people get in contact with you? Well, you can find me on the interwebs at Mr. Mike Street, pretty much everywhere. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, Tumblr, <laughs> everywhere. But uh, my main channel is, uh, is, is probably Twitter. So you can always send me a tweet at Mr. Mike Street. All right. That sounds good. I like that. I, love I like how, how that rhymed. You heard right? that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like everywhere. So he's like, you got, you have no reason not to hit him up. But um, the last question, you know, no, no pressure. Just the last, you know, words our audience is gonna hear from you today. What are some parting words that you can leave with us? Um. Well, my mantra for 2017 is, you know, don't wait. You, you know, allow yourself to give yourself permission to to accomplish everything that you want to accomplished because I see too many people, you know, who are sitting on the background, they're twiddling their thumbs and they're thinking about like, oh, I want to build an app or I want to start a consulting business. So I'm just like, well, why aren't you doing those things? You know, if you, you know, so don't sit there and just like think about it, you know, get up, get off your ass and like figure out how do you go do it and and actually do it. And I feel like that's, um, you know, because we're under a crazy administration and you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I really, you know, waiting for these aliens to kind of come land. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised, bro. You know, we just found these seven planets. So I'm sure, you know, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure something else weird is going to happen. But, you know, so why wait? You know, just get up, get out there, do it. You know, if you need help or mentorship, you know, definitely reach out to me. You know, I'm willing to always sit down with people and, and you know, mentor. Uh, I really feel that's important, you know, for our community as a whole. You know, these podcasts that we're doing out here, it's not it's not just us talking. You know, we're actually mentoring our whole community uh, and giving them, you know, these gems. So every time, you know, the cash register, you know, rings on your show, you know, that's us mentoring, you know, this community. And that's what I want other other people to really get out there and do so stop waiting you know let's let's get it man i love it i love it i love it mike is out here showing us why it's deeper than a podcast i mean mike you, you tore down the curtains you, you, you know you set the building on fire you've been amazing we're just beyond grateful that you came on the show and blessed us and i mean what can't you do really that's what i've been asking myself the whole interview <laughs> <laughs> what can i do <laughs> Uh, Why can't you? I can't swim or <laughs> <laughs> every Superman got the kryptonite, right? But I mean, yeah, we, we just thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for being on the Smart Brown Voices podcast. And you can visit Smart Brown Voices at smartbrownvoices.com. Yes, people, please, please do listen to it. Our episode is great, but there's also so many other great ones to listen to. Mike has his foothold on the black community and he is breathfully bringing voices to those that you would have never heard about otherwise. And there you have it, folks. That's Mr. Mike Street doing it for the culture. Emilio, what you think, man? 
Man, it's always great when you got someone out here doing it for the culture like he is. It was a phenomenal interview, very informative. I feel like he broke down all the aspects you need for success. And he dropped the gem that we didn't know about. He worked for Gary Vee. And I was like, what? And he was telling us actually some insights about the whole Gary Vee experience and seeing his time there. And, you know, you could tell that even though he worked for him for only a year, he definitely is like catching on to what Gary Vee is doing and his method to his madness. So, man, it, it was a full interview. He, he gave you the, 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 the buns, the meat, the condiments, the pickles, the tomatoes, the lettuce, the cheese, everything you wanted on that sandwich. I just hope that you guys took a big old bite and you are going to remember what he said because he was dropping gems. He was dropping gems on gems. Man, you made me hungry, bro. I didn't even eat yet <laughs> with, that, with that hamburger reference. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. <laughs> <laughs> Quickie markets, he said. But no, man, I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think that our listeners are in for a treat for sure. Yeah, and um, I thought it was great too. And then, and the whole video strategy that he was talking about um really caught my eye, and especially with Snapchat also um gearing up to do more hardware uh, instead of software information. Um, you know, with the whole you know Snap just coming out uh, with their IPO. Uh, I think that's, you know, very valuable information that uh, people should keep going up and looking on uh, to make smarter investments, to be able to understand why a company is doing something. Does it make sense Uh, so that when you are investing, uh, you can go ahead and understand everything your company is doing so you can uh, go for the long term or go for the short term. And and I think Mike, you know, is well informed and. We're just trying to get like him, man. We're just trying to follow in his footsteps. Exactly, exactly. Just the thing about that is like, you know, an article came out that because of the Snapchat IPO, that was a lot of millennials' first stock they ever bought because they believed in Snapchat so much because they have that youth movement. So uh, definitely on to something there when you when you see the, the millennial growth growing. But yeah, Mike, Mike was amazing. Did a lot of great things for us. And we're just happy that he came on here and shared the wealth, put the episode on rewind. You know, you, you're definitely going to have to go back and listen because that's a that's a that's a digital marketer, social social media person for you. Like you can tell why he's a digital social consultant. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's all about show me the money, where the results, where the ads, where the figures at. And that's what you have to be in life. But I can tell you one thing, though, one thing you'll never have to, you know, figure out how you. Yes, you can reach us. Educate Hustle can reach with a variety of different means on social media. We are on Snapchat at Educate Hustle. That's all one word. Educate Hustle. There you post snaps, little videos behind the scenes throughout the week to let you know how the week is going and how we can uplift you to be better. You can also follow us on Instagram at Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. There, once again, we have photos of just things to keep you inspired and going out through the week on a high note. We also preview our episodes for that week so you guys know what's up with us at all times we are also on facebook all you gotta look for is educate hustle that's two words educate hustle you know you reach the right page because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love and please let me take a break from that plugging to do even more plugging we urge you if you have not already please 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 if you have access to itunes go and rate and review our show it's such an easy process all you have to do is go to itunes search educate hustle 
find our show. Click the logo. There's going to be a review tab. Click that review tab. Put in your iTunes account password or however you verify yourself. And then just get to writing. We asked for that five stars. I think we deserve that five stars. So please give us that five stars and let the show be even better because more reviews means more awareness. More awareness means better guests. And you are going to be in a treat when we get these better guests because we're already getting great ones. Could you imagine if we start getting just even more of that? Like, ah, uh, it's, it's mind-blowing. Anyways, enough of that plugging. Let me get back to the original plugging. You can also follow us on Twitter at Educator underscore Hustle. Once again, that is Educator underscore Hustle. There we do tweets, daily interactions. That's probably like the best and quickest way to get to us because it goes right to our phone and Trust me when I say our hotline will be blinking and we'll get right back to you. Now, last but never least, if you felt a connection, you felt like me and Paul just put the put the damn thing, put the foot in the in the in the pot and we, we made our episodes. Do not be afraid to email us at educate hustle podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's educate hustle podcast at gmail.com. We we take inquiries about collaborations, partnerships, or just general feedback for the show, just so you can let us know how we are doing. And as always, bro, you got to lead us out, man. Lead us out. People, 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 please go out there and make this week a great week. Mike just gave you some verbal fire, some verbal healing, some spiritual guidance. He really gave you the blueprint to be a successful person, especially if you are in the marketing realm. Please do not take lightly what he said. If there's something that you are really great at, that you're really passionate in, invest in it. Use that time, use that money, use that resource to make it happen. If you're sitting there right now saying, I do not like my job, I don't like where I'm at of life, but I really love, insert this, insert that, go and invest in the that. Don't make any excuses. Go out and make it come true because that is how you live a full and happy life. And take it from one smart brown voice who heard it from another smart brown voice, hopefully to maybe another smart brown voice or white voice or Asian voice, you know, whatever voices are listening, go out, take life, seize it and make the moment yours. And as always, you got to stay educated and keep hustling.